welcome to Waiting for Review, the show that follows the journeys of two iOS developers. I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer from Devon, England. And I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer in Wellington, New Zealand. Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our journeys. Alright then, so have you seen the new um, iPhone 8 images that have been coming out this week? Yeah, so some of the mock-ups that people have been making... um, I think as we get closer to sort of September and announcements and releases, we're going to see more and more of this um, sort of as, as the details are becoming clearer as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've, I've seen some of them. And then the one I'm looking at, and I think the one you're looking at as well is the one on Mac Rumors that's currently at the time of recording at the top of their homepage. Uh, I'll yeah. check the link in the show notes. I promise yeah, I'll remember. <laughs> but, um, the mock-ups from last Friday, from Friday, August the 11th. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think about it? Because I think it looks really good. Yeah, so I'm looking, I'm looking, um, there's two images there, and then there's, there's like the second one down um, has got um, sort of the same screen three times with, with sort of different options. Yeah. Um, and one of which does something I hadn't really thought about, and, and that's the first one, which which kind of blends the top bar with the notch. It's, it's you know, the screen on either side of the notch is, is black with white icons on top, and then you've got more of a sort of regular size uh, sort of shape of screen sort of set up below. Um, and I kind of like that, sort of blend the notch, the notch into everything else. Um and I think this is something to be said for perhaps that being being an option that the OS could sort of provide and do. Um, it's very, very clear, I think, looking at these mock-ups to me, it sort of feels clearer that either side of the notch, what displays there is going to be sort of fundamentally off-limits, I think, to developers, sort of thinking about the practicality of what you can sort of show in those sort of two little gaps. Um doesn't really feel to me like there, there would be much reason for a dev to really have anything to put there. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I almost imagine it, if you kind of picture them as view controllers, almost within Xcode, there'd be a drop down of which version of the, what we're seeing here you want to have. Yep. So let's say you're making a portrait game like Flappy Bird, for example. Yep. Then the first image that we're looking at on the left of kind of the second image on this Mac Rumors article where the status bar is almost, is kind of hidden. Yeah. The notch is almost hidden. That would almost make sense because the stuff in the status bar is then kind of removed from what is considered to be the screen. Yes. Allowing you to have what is kind of a regular full screen game in view. But then if you're looking at more of a traditional navigation controller tab bar view thing, then the image on the right makes a lot of sense where the notch just blatantly cuts in. Yep, and kind of it's the same colour as you've got for the, the top of the nav bar. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm so, not sure what I think about the one in the middle where it's kind of basically just being what we've already got. With the notch just taking up the very, very top of the screen. Yeah, so that the, yeah. the bit of OLED screen to the left and to the right of the notch is just completely useless. Yeah, and, and that would imply that there is no screen there if that was really going to be how it how it was. Um, and that would mean that you would lose the, the edge-to-edge idea. Mm. Um, it would be edge-to-notch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
I really don't think that is likely. Um, that's that's sort of is the one of the the sort of three images that rings um, the least true to me. Yeah, it does annoy um, me that the uh, the the corner radius doesn't match at the top and the bottom of these screenshots. <laughs> I mean, I know I know it's only a mock up, but if it did actually come out and those radiuses. Is that a word? Is it radii? Radii. radii. I think it radii. is. <laughs> yeah. If they weren't, the, if they weren't the same, that would really bug me. Which is why yeah. I think I like the right of those three images where the notch just blatantly cuts in because obviously it's going edge to edge to the corners of the device, and then radii are the same. Yep. But maybe that's just me. I think it's probably the one that looks looks the most sort of um, I don't know symmetrical or on point, as it were, for sort of those things. It looks the most striking to me. Yeah. And I try and imagine their marketing material. That's how I try and look at things like this when I'm trying to make a decision on what they might or might not do. Yep. And I kind of imagine those giant um, displays they have at the Apple stores, try and imagine the website, try and imagine the TV ads. To me, the image on the right where the notch just cuts in so obviously, so distinctive that they almost cut, they can't not use it. Yeah. Almost feels like a massive missed opportunity. But I also such think a defining shape, and it could define the phone. It it, in terms it could of the way it's marketed. Um, but 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 I also think the um, the left and right images of of what we sort of see here, um, where you've got either you know sort of um, effectively a, a black top status bar for either side of the notch, and it, it blends. Yeah. Um, and on the right-hand side, you've then got it's it's a white top status bar, as it were, and that blends them with the navigation controller. Um, they could both be part of the same setup. Oh, absolutely! You, you know, um, I, th- I think they'll just lead with with the one where the notch is so obvious. Yes, and I think in most, like in most of their marketing materials, I think once you like sort of scroll down, load on their kind of product page on the website, I think you'll start seeing the kind of non-notched status bar. Is what we're seeing on the left. Yeah, and to I, me, I, I, the, their kind of default product shot, I think, is going to be the one where the notch is really obvious. I think you're right, and I think the um, the images that were leaked um, from the firmware the other week would sort of bear that out. Um, I think it was yes. the Apple, Apple Pay image, wasn't it? That um, that used it's like a little glyph icon, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, certainly, and I think. Um, sort of call back to last week's episode really where we were sort of saying that um that there still needs to be a defining shape for the iphone and if it's not going to be you know it's it's sort of not going to be the current iphone 6 6s 7 sort of shape and home button at the bottom um then sort of you know embracing the notch as it were and having that as being the sort of definition um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I was unsure how I would feel um, about something that was not literally edge to edge. Um, and looking at these mock-ups, I, I can sort of see that um, it's all going to come down to the execution. You know, sort of classic Apple fashion, really. You know, that if you're talking a phone where you've got the... the home button is effectively you know managed by um the haptics 
and everything else to give the feedback of the button being there and then then is otherwise controlled by the OS um, and sort of switchable um, backgrounds for the, the status bar to the left and right of the notch um, that, that respond appropriately. Um, I think this could all be really quite cool. Yeah, it doesn't... I mean, I know we're only looking at kind of artists' impressions and concepts and things, but it seems not that edge-to-edge to me. Yeah. It seems yeah. like there's still quite a bit of a, a bezel. Yeah. Now, how how that will feel once you actually hold the device, I don't know, because typically, well, not typically, but with like the, the six up, you've kind of got that curved um, edge to the glass. Yeah. So I don't know how far the screen may or may not cut in to the to the radius of that curve. Yep. I, I don't know how, how that would work. I mean, it's clearly not going to be like the Samsung's where the, where the screen actually bends around the edge of the device. I, I don't think that that's completely out of the question or it certainly looks like it from what we've yep. seen so far. But I'm, I'm guessing that the screen will go up to the point to where the radius, the bend radius starts on the glass to sort of curve around to meet the aluminium, steel, whatever they end up using. That's kind of how I'm looking at it right now. Yep. Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of edge to edge. You're not as edge to edge as I might like. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, the, the the thing I'm sort of trying, the lens I'm trying to put on this, I guess, um, is what is going to be within reach as developers? What are we going to be able to play with here? Um, and I think, um, like, like I said before, I think it's becoming clearer to me that we won't have any real control of what displays either side of the, the notch, perhaps other than requesting, um, for it to match the, the color of the top of a navigation bar, for example. Um, and sort of requesting that, um, in the same sort of way that you can set, um, the, the type of status bar today probably exactly some of the same calls yeah that kind of stuff isn't it yeah um and i suspect there there will be controls for what goes on with the home button as well that would probably relate to whether you're trying to operate in a kind of full screen manner um or what type of um what type of bottom bar you have on on your app um but again probably quite quite broad controls rather than anything sort of too specific. Um, yeah. And I'm looking at these screenshots um, at the top where you've got kind of the, the big fat title, which in these says uh, today. Yep. I started to go down that road in armchair, part of my redesign that I'm doing. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it in a bit. Yeah. I actually ended up removing it because in the context of the phones we have right now, I just didn't like it felt that it was taking up way too much screen real estate for what it was actually giving back. Yep. But obviously with this device now kind of on the horizon, and it makes a lot more sense, especially if the sort of navigation controls might be shifted from the top down to near where the home button, the home button is. Yep. Um, so I may have to re- reconsider that. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether you'll be able to just sort of, I could do it this way just on the eight and then switch back to a regular, um, regular kind of looking nav bar controller on the phones previous to the eight. 
if it's even called the eight. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I'd be interested personally to see how that one plays out because I'm not really a big fan of these big fat titles. No. On the current phones that we have, it seems there's a lot of real estate going to waste there. It seems to me. Yeah, it seems like I'm not, a- sure, I'm not sure what the benefit is to, to my app personally. Um, I don't see that there's a huge advantage to having that because I've basically got enough room just to put any smallish title that I need in the navbar. Yep. Um, and to me, it's kind of that the content that follows is kind of what define, <coughs> defines each screen rather than a big chunky title. I'll have to see on that one. Yeah, let's go that. But so far from the screenshots um, that I've seen so far, I, th- I think kind of two thumbs up. If it, if it comes out like this, I'll, I'll be happy. Yeah. Yeah, likewise. Um, I, I feel like I can, um, <clears throat> I kind of have a flavor um, of where things are going. Um, and I must admit, I don't think I really felt like that until sort of seeing some of these mock-ups really. Um, you know, it sort of feels like it's, it's solidifying a little bit more. And, um, I think it was very easy to have negative impressions on the sort of glimpses of information a few weeks ago. Um, I'm sort of thinking, yeah, oh my God, there's going to be a god-awful notch at the top of the phone. How's that going to work? You know, it's, it's not edge to edge. It, this must be wrong. Um, and even as we were discussing last week, um, a loss of touch ID as well in favor of this sort of facial recognition, um, you know, face ID for want of, of a better <laughs> phrase. I bet um, they're going to call it that now. Now we started mocking it that, as that as a name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I still don't think that's uh, going to be the nicest of names, but but we'll see. Um, we'll see what it's actually called. Um, but, you know, as all these details come together and things are sort of solidifying a bit more, um, I can kind of feel, can kind of see that this is a phone that I will, I will like. Um, whether or not I try and get hold of one sort of as soon as, um, I think that's going to have to wait. If if you'll be able to get hold of one, <laughs> yeah, I, the the, big, the biggest question. I think there's going to be a lot of scarcity with this phone, and um, huge amount. Yeah, I think this is going to pr- probably not quite as bad as the uh, as the AirPods, um, but I could see it being potentially quite tricky to to get hold of them, sort of up until the end of the year, really. Um, yeah, I kind of think the whole point is that this is a phone that will not be made in as big a quantities as the seven slash seven plus yep. replacements um, purely because um, sort of listening to other people in community um, Gruber and the likes it's the idea is that obviously with the seven and the seven S and seven S plus presuming they make those, they're going to be sold in vast, vast quantities so all of these new technologies that are going into the eight, they possibly don't scale as well on the manufacturing lines. Yeah. So you know, it kind of stands to reason that this phone is maybe never going to have as many made of it. I mean, yeah, obviously it's still going to be millions of phones, but by comparison, yep. you know, it, it's a lot less. But I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd be very interested to see realistically when I can get hold of one. Um, 
Um, I, will... I guess I'm, I'm saying this like I'm going to get one. I guess I'm going to get one. Um, <laughs> the more I think, I, I was thinking the other day, I don't know whether we did this on the show or whether we were just kind of chatting afterwards, but I, I do kind of still have a bit of an itch for a, a, a plus size phone. Yeah. And if this phone is really scarce and is really expensive, I, I could end up with a, a 7S Plus, I guess. Yep. Yeah, I could see that happening to to a lot of people that that favour the plus size phones. Um, you know, this this round might not be for them, um, depending on how everything shakes out with the actual size of the eight um, or Pro. You know, it may it may well be that it is the iPhone Pro. Um, I hope they do that. I hope they do iPhone iPhone Plus iPhone Pro. That would make so much sense. Yeah, yeah, I. I because um, it's starting to become a mouthful when when you start saying seven S plus, and then once once we get into like the iPhone eleven S plus, it, it, the numbers start to get a little bit like they've had their day at that point. I think. Yep. Especially yeah. once you start approaching double digits, so it becomes like Mac OS versions, really. Yeah, yeah, I think that's <laughs> fair. Definitely. Um. Yeah, so I, I I can see this being a phone to aspire to, but I'm I'm uncertain whether it will be a phone for me sort of straight up it's the oled that bothers me with the screen retention i know i know i know regular lcds can get screen retention uh, but i think the technology behind oled almost guarantees it's going to get image retention yep. same way that a plasma screen tv if you're not careful will get image retention i mean, I mean if you go and buy like a, a 50 inch lcd led thing from one of the big electronic retailers. Yeah. You can probably just stick a PlayStation on that and not really worry too much about burning. Whereas a, a plasma, it's like you are going to get burning. I've tried it with my own. Um, you know, just, just a 20 minutes on, uh, you know, like Gran Turismo or something. And all of a sudden you've got a speedo dial that's kind of overlaying your TV next time you watch it. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, do, it does go eventually. Um, and yep. I only played, played for like 20 minutes. So the, the burn wasn't that bad, but yeah, that was the kind of thing I was doing for two hours a night and over the course of a year, then, yeah, those dials would be uh, pretty well burnt. Yeah. So you um, could see that starting to happen with um, with things that are permanently on show, sort of left and right of the uh, the notch. Yeah, I mean, the Apple Watch is OLED as well, don't forget. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really notice too much with the Apple Watch, but then, of course, I don't really look at it that much and it's only mm. on for a couple of seconds. Um, yeah, so you, viewed in glimpses. Yeah, I, um, I used to work at a TV shop and we used to repair a lot of TVs there. It was when plasmas were relatively new and one customer brought the TV in saying there's this weird kind of ghosting image overlaying stuff. Yeah. Um, and of course it was it, it was image burn and it turned out they'd plugged an Xbox into it. And um, by Googling around for popular Xbox titles, we managed to uh, sort of prove to them it was the Xbox by saying... Um, you know, you've got the latest Tom Clancy's whatever game it is, um, haven't you? And they were like, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's what's done it. That's like the bullet counter that's burnt into your screen. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I don't know where OLED is in terms of its kind of progress in avoiding image retention, but, you know, the very nature of the technology and that each pixel is got its own light source. So if you're pumping white through... A, a certain 
set of pixels continuously over time, i.e. the status bar, for example, yep. those pixels that are constantly displaying white are working the hardest relative to those that are displaying nothing are not working at all. Yep. Therefore, they will become dimmer over time. Therefore, they'll give the appearance of like a, a burn, a burn, yeah. look, a burnt look into the screen. It's a kind of inverted version of the image, isn't it? Yeah, and that does worry me. If I'm going to drop, the rumors are kind of going anywhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred in terms of dollars at the moment, from what I've been reading around. Yeah. So let's call, let's call it a nice round twelve hundred dollars. If I'm going to drop twelve hundred dollars on an iPhone, I really don't want the screen to burn, or even mm. sort of have the potential to burn. That does worry me quite a lot. I mean, if you type into Google, Samsung, um, is it AMOLED screens they have? Yeah, I think I think so. Type, type that into Google and put screen retention after the search phrase and see what you get. And it's real. It happens. I mean, obviously, when they're brand new and they're all shiny, you don't really think about that kind of stuff. But six to eight months down the road, it might be an issue. Mm. It does worry me. Well, that's, uh, that's perhaps something that uh, is an argument for for wait and see on my side in terms of getting the phone. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what makes me think maybe just get a, a 7S Plus and yeah. just sort of wait out and see what the real world kind of makes of the, the OLED screen and how people do find it in terms of image retention. And not only that, it's it, you know, this, this is kind of uncharted territory when you think about what's going into this phone in some ways. A lot of things on the hardware and the software side that could maybe make it not great. Yeah, yeah. My instinct is to trust Apple, but then you know, cast your mind back to the Mac Pro. So yeah, <laughs> it could. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe just waiting twelve months on this one might not be the worst idea. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's something to be said as well for the fact that um, you know the existing iPhone Seven and Seven Plus they are very good phones. You know, I mean the the tech that is in them already is is very good. Um, the camera, especially on the the seven plus, and an update to those, the sort of seven s seven s plus, is going to be, you know, the next version of that. Yeah, I mean, what's that going to be? Basically, the fourth iteration of that kind of form factor, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, I mean, already the seven is is a really strong, solid refinement of what was already a good phone. Yeah. I mean, they they are you know pretty rock solid, I would say. So. Yeah, like you say, that the S versions of them are going to be even more so. Yeah, and and I think, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's always that factor every time, um, every year, you know, where, where I think people want to just jump to the thing that is most obviously newest. Um, but I think this may well be one of those sort of circumstances where the S models will still be effectively the newest in their class. Um, and there's nothing to be, yeah. There's there's no points to be lost, if you like, um, for going for those phones rather than going for the Pro or the Eight or whatever it ends up being called. Yeah, they're um, still going to be good phones. Yeah, and I think it's going to come down to um, to people just being very. If you're on the fence about anything in terms of an upgrade, just being very critical um, about the type of size, the type of phone, and everything else that you really want. Um, I mean, I know in your case, you'll be coming from a, an iPhone 6, won't you? Yep. Yeah. So, 
you know, obviously the, the, the 7S would be the same same sort of exact size uh, pretty much, but you would get all of the latest and greatest in terms of you know, Touch ID, Force Touch, the camera and everything else. Um, and then, you know, the, the move to a plus phone from that would again be the same sort of decision as it is today. Um, you would get the even better camera. You would have the extra sort of real estate. Um and you know that those decisions that 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 type of breakdown of of the choices will will remain the same you know regardless of of what the the eight or the pro is doing. I am looking forward to a new device, whatever it ends up being, because it's uh, yeah the six is starting to get a little bit slow, especially with iOS eleven. The biggest thing I'm finding um, is that the rotation doesn't keep up. Right. So if my phone is say laying flat on the on the sofa. Even though it's flat, it might be kind of the accelerometer's kind of got it in landscape mode. Yep. So when I wake the phone up, um, although the the home screen obviously displays portrait, the phone thinks it's landscape. Right. If I just quickly swipe right to load up the camera, um, the photos that I take are always kind of twisted around. Right. They're in the wrong orientation. Yeah. Even even though the the camera's UI looks fine. The images that I'm taking are, yeah, they're all they're all wrong. So I have to go through afterwards and uh, kind of twist them around to make them right. Or I just have to be really patient and kind of turn the iPhone landscape, then turn it back to portrait. Then I know I'm good. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's, yeah, that's that's kind of the only thing that doesn't keep up so much. Hopefully, that's something that um, is resolved out of beta. Yeah, I. I th- I I just find it generally throughout the OS. Um, like I loaded up Twitter the other day and it loaded with the little bird the wrong way around. Right. Because again, it thought it was in landscape, I think. And I've, I've had a couple of times where my wallpaper has been in landscape mode, even though I'm in portrait mode. It's just lots of things like that where I think it's just not detecting that kind of stuff quick enough. Yep. Um and you've got like the general things where you know you start typing and the first key will show to be typed on the keyboard. Yeah. And it will stick. And then all of a sudden all the rest go afterwards and catch up with you. Yeah. By which point you're like four words ahead and if you made a typo eight words back, it's really annoying. You have to go back. It's it's just basically a slow phone now. It iOS eleven is definitely the OS that's made it feel slow and clunky in a rubbish old phone. Right. Which is a shame. Uh, so all, all hail and upgrade um, in a few months' time. Yeah, I mean, Heather's still running a 5C, so if she's sort of worse off than I am in that respect. Yeah, She can't even get iOS 11 on that. It's capped at 10 now. Um, so I think she's got eyes for my 6. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, you've been putting some time in, I think, on one of your apps, um, Armchair, your remote for Cody. Yep. Um, so what sort of development have you been doing there sort of over the last few weeks? So I've been working on like a a 3.0, I guess you could call it. We spoke about this some weeks ago. Yeah. And I remember at the time we kind of concluded that I've bitten off quite a lot. Um, that the intent was just to do a few little things here and there. And then all of a sudden I've ended up with a much larger, uh, update. So it's taken some time, um, especially with sort of the way my life is now 
trying to find the time to do it but luckily i've had some good time the last couple of weeks um and i feel like i've broken the back of it which is really awesome it's a few little bits to go but for the most part i'm happy with it and it's it's making good progress so the main thing that's kind of at the core of the update is more of a, a business model decision rather than development i mean there's some other features that i've added as well for this measure but the biggest thing is ads and i know it's quite a controversial subject especially at the moment where subscriptions seems to be popping up in my twitter timeline quite a lot because i'm also looking to do subscriptions as well yeah i don't know if you spotted it it was either yesterday or the day before ulysses went to a subscription-based model yeah i saw that well Um, i sort of saw the the, a mini kind of backlash um to to the model certainly the, the feedback i saw was kind of backlash driven but there wasn't much of it yeah um i noticed some people kind of snarked that oh yeah yeah look at their blog post the same old rubbish you always hear kind of thing about why go subscription based part of me thought well yeah you know because they they need to make money they're they're software developers they're hiring coders and coders are not cheap and they need to be paid and you know god forbid they make a profit on top of everything else yeah um, so and, i don't and, really and, have a no i don't really have a problem with it at all I, I don't really understand where where people come from sometimes in terms of of being you know so against paying towards the the software that they use um which is i i guess it's quite a biased sort of point of view as somebody who makes and sells apps um but you know updates don't come out of nowhere and maintaining a code base when there are a million and one other things you could be doing um there there does need to be something to sort of balance that out properly um and yeah it, it it doesn't it just doesn't sit right with me, I guess, when I sort of see people say, I really, really love this app, but on the other side of things, they're, they're not really willing to sort of put their money where their mouth is and and support it. Um, so I don't know sort of where the controversy was with, with Ulysses, really, so I don't know if I kind of put my foot in it somewhere there, but... <laughs> um, no, I, mean, I, I don't know the details, haven't it? They've gone subscription because they've worked it out and they think that's the best way forward for them, and I can't really blame them Yeah. On, yeah, when you look at it at a high level, you know, subscription ticks the box for recurring income. That's basically what developers need because, yeah, given, given that the value of an app is typically quite low anyway, if someone pays you like $3 for something, you, it's not going to pay for it three years down the road while you're still there sort of putting out updates and stuff. No. That are expected for free. So, yeah, sub- subscriptions... I don't have a problem with them at all. Um, I think the more developers that can use subscriptions to keep themselves supported and then thus keep their apps well supported and get all the latest new features that the OSs offer into those apps, that's not a bad thing. Um, no. And it's, it's we're not talking lots of money in most cases either, not really. I mean, you know, just a, a few dollars a year to support an app that you use frequently I think is not bad at all really as a value proposition no and Um, and i I can remember how much software used to cost as well you know yeah um so i I remember um i remember games especially but you know just general software packages um costing quite a lot of money back in the 90s 
you know, like forty pounds for for a CD-ROM based game um, back in the late nineties. And and I think if I were to apply sort of you know um, inflation and everything to that, you would be talking a good sort of seventy pounds now. Um, so you back know, in the day we had to drive to the store to get the uh, the software in a box. Yeah, exactly. And you know that that was it. You didn't necessarily get any updates sort of beyond what was on the CD as well. Um, so it really does sort of strike me. Um, you know, strike me how things have changed, sort of regarding software and updates and payments. Um, but anyway, Dave, you you were discussing this in terms of um, armchair and your sort of thought processes around armchair's model. Um, yeah. So basically, the idea is is that it's going to be ad supported. Yeah. Um, out of the box, and then there'll be a subscription to remove the ads, and it'll also unlock a dark mode. So. That in itself isn't particularly uncommon, I wouldn't have said. I think you know, remove the ads and give a, a perk of some description. Yeah. That's kind of average. Um, the difficulty for me was making sure that my ads were displayed in a way that made the app feel kind of nice, even though the ads were there. Yep. And I've sort of been all around the houses to arrive at the point that I'm at and it's kind of annoying really because it seems so, it seems so obvious once I saw what I've ended up with that that was the right thing so I, I started out trying to put ads in my table view controllers every X number of cells Yeah. so for every say 10 table view cells that scroll by one would be an ad and what else is in those um, cells? Are we sort of talking film titles and things that they've got? Yeah, you? so if, if you're scrolling through movies or TV shows or music, tracks, artists, albums, that kind of stuff. So the app is predominantly table view based with the exception of the new home screen that I've developed, which is kind of a like a collection view. Yeah. Um, kind of like nested collection views, which build, but anyway... Um, <laughs> So, but that to me, it just felt a little bit heavy-handed, um, and it didn't—it didn't feel quite right. Um, and I was also putting ads in my now playing screen, right? But basically, all it did was completely screwed up my layout, and I ended up having to scrunch everything down, and it looked really bad, which I wasn't happy with either. And I started thinking to myself, well, maybe maybe I need to not care about this stuff because you know, I'm, you know this, I'm trying to run a business here. Maybe I just need to sort of just make money and you know put the ads in regardless. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm too soft, but I just don't like doing that. I think I want my ad app to be good even for the people that don't want to pay to unlock it and that are just happy to use it with ads. I think they, they deserve a good experience too. Yeah. So I kind of kind of turned to analytics a little bit and noticed that people were spending a lot of time in my gesture pad area. And in its nature, that screen is quite sparse in that there's not really a lot of UI going on predominantly because the idea of it is that it's just a big area where you can swipe your, your thumb around, sort of up, down, left, right, tap to select, double tap to back up. Um, so there really isn't a huge amount going on on that screen. So there is quite a lot of room to put an ad in without affecting how that screen looks. Right. Um, 
which is which is good. That's 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 a win as far as I'm concerned. And then the second win is that looking at the analytics, people spend a load of time on that screen. Um, therefore, it's probably a good idea to put an ad on it in terms of <laughs> profitability. Yeah. Um, but the, the cool thing is, I can do so without making it seem obviously awful. Right, so it's quite um, a natural fit, really. Yeah that that was that was a big win um, in both cases. Um, otherwise, I'm displaying ads in the um, head of user my table controllers. Yep. Which basically means that when you hit a new table view controller, the first thing you see is an ad followed by your content. Right. And that also means that when the user scrolls, the ad scrolls out of the way as well. Okay. So to me, that feels like a pretty fair balance. Yeah. It's like, I need to display the ads because I need to make money to make this app worth it. Otherwise, I might as well just pull it from the store and then no one will have the app. Um, so you'll see the app as the first thing. But once you scroll, that's it, it's gone. Yeah. And equally on the gesture pad, you know, you can swipe and tap and do all the stuff you need to do on the gesture pad and, and there'll be the ad there kind of sat at the top not really getting in the way too much um, and that's kind of that so where I'm at with ads now I'm pretty happy I think that's a good line to walk I mean obviously all of this is sort of subject to seeing how it all goes when it goes live yep but I'm happy if this can work in terms of making it profitable that would be really great because I feel like the ads aren't really detracting too much from the app. Whereas before, when it was like every X number of table sales and in the now playing screen, it felt like I was just stuffing ads anywhere I could. Yeah. Just as like a cheap shot to make a few extra bucks. And it was like, so this is much more natural then. And it sort of fits the flow of the app. I I think so. Yeah. And I say, if if people don't want to subscribe to remove the ads, um, I almost want that. I want that to be fine. I don't want to be well, kind of like, you know, damn it, they're not subscribing because hopefully the ads are still, you know, making making some money and the people are getting a good experience. So it's kind of like a win for both of us. Yeah, and there's something to be said, I think, um, there in that um, even though those people are not necessarily paying to get rid of those ads, um, then keeping the experience as, as good as possible means that they're more li- likely to recommend the app and you know a, a user who is using the app often and who likes the app is still potentially somebody who's going to advocate for your app recommend it to other people um and you know if you're getting some some level of revenue back in terms of, of displaying those ads um then it's a, it is it's a win-win sort of all round. um i think some of my own personal issues with apps that have ads in them is when it, it the app just completely shuts down and you can't do anything because of the app ads um i see this most often in sort of small uh video editing utilities um or games that my kids play um where you end up with modal ads that interrupt the flow of everything ah uh, yeah um, you know on some of the worst case sort of offenders you see things like um I'll rate the app in the ad store to get rid of this ad. And of course you look at that and I know full well that even if I do go and do that, um, it's not going to change anything about the way ads are shown. (laughs) Um, You know, it's just, that's just there to try and elevate their, their position in the store. Um, mm, 
So speaking of that, I've um, so tapped into the API we spoke about probably in one of our first few shows, um, where Apple displays a prompt to review the app. Yep. So I'll be really interested to see if I get many reviews, and if so, what type of reviews I get. Whether yeah. People will give me a one star for annoying them, perhaps. <laughs> or whether it might actually work out. I'd be very, very interested to monitor that. Yeah, and again, sort of talking about things we've seen um, sort of floating through Twitter and everything else recently, I've seen some good um, mentions of that from a few people. I can't remember exactly who now, but I've, I've seen more than one person post in the last week saying that that was working out for their app. Okay, that's good. It, um, it does look really nice when it pops up. Yeah. Very, um, so it, basically Apple decide when to display the prompt. Um, so and it's not always guaranteed to display at all. Yeah. So it kind of pops up with the icon of the app saying, are you enjoying armchair? Um, why not rate it on the app store? Yes or no. And if you, you can say yes and tap a star between one to five stars and submit and then it's gone. Right. So it doesn't so even it's, take it's, you it's, out the app. No, it's just like a modal um, thing that pops up almost, yeah. And you could, you could do it in just like a couple of seconds as a user. Right. So yeah, I'm ho- I'm hoping for a good a good result there. Speaking of reviews, in an effort to get rid of a lot of my one star reviews where it says it doesn't work, I've made. Uh, I know you suggested an onboarding process. Yeah. So I've kind of made a wizard which um, helps people get set up seems to be working well um i'm going to test it on heather later because she doesn't have a clue about anything to do with cody or um much to do with this stuff yeah. so i'm going to give her a, a, a blank cody install and a phone and say set it up and see if she can do it with the wizard yeah um, i think that'd be a fairly good test i think the um, idea is it's that sorry go on uh, from experience with with those sort of scenarios i would suggest the the most important thing you can do is to just stand there and listen um you know and just just see exactly how how she approaches that um sort of from first principles because the temptation is to sort of give nudges and you know to kind of step in on on one or two bits um and the the, the more you can kind of watch somebody live test and and sit on your hands um the, the more you'll find out yeah no that's that's gonna be tricky (laughs) i'm gonna be really tempted to sort of push her in a certain direction i know but yeah Yeah. i may even have to leave the room while she does it um but uh yeah that's uh that'll be interesting to see how that goes for you yeah i'm just hoping i just need to get rid of a load of those one stars because i know the app works it's just people struggle to connect it to cody and there's a few levers and switches you've got to pull in cody otherwise it will just it just won't work yeah so the idea is the wizard will kind of scan the network for any Cody boxes that it can find. It will try and auto connect if it can. Yeah. If it can't, it will then say, um, we need to check a few things in Cody and kind of direct the user to the, the screens within the setting screen. Yeah. And tell them what to, you know, what needs to be set, what doesn't need to be set. Um, try and reconnect again. And then if all else fails, there's kind of like a manual bit where you can manually type in an IP address and a port and all that kind of stuff. Right. And again, there's another screen that shows you where to find all that information. So I'm hoping that 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 will drop a lot of the uh, a lot of the one stars, which really really hurt me in the app store. Basically, so 
Yeah, and I, I guess you can sort of certainly say for having that, um, you know, it's not as if you've not tried to educate the user or, or, or help them at all. Um, so I think I, I think that will have a positive effect on your reviews. I, I really hope so. Because there are, there are people that leave reviews that are really nice and they say nice things. Um, yeah. Trouble is, once I push an update, all those reviews disappear. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, right now there's not so many positive ones up there, which again is another thing with the App Store, which is really cool. So I feel like I've got a lot of good tools at my disposal at the moment to help with reviews, you know, from Apple's side, in that I can decide whether to flush them or not when I do an update. I can also use this API to hopefully get more reviews quicker. Yep. And then I'm hoping from my side with the onboarding process, I can get more people hooked up successfully and get them using and enjoying the app tastefully, hopefully with ads so that I'm kind of making money out of those that don't want to subscribe. And for those that do, um, that'll get rid of the ads, give them a dark mode and they can feel good about supporting the app because this is something I want to work on. There's loads more stuff I want to do. Yeah. I feel like I've got a list longer than my arm of stuff that I could do, but it needs to, needs to pay for itself basically. So all, all adding up to a uh, a fantastic version 3, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, I, I guess you could call it a version 3. That's kind of what I'm calling it in my head. Yeah. So I'm probably going to throw a new website into the mix. I'll obviously have to redo all my screenshots because I'm changing colours from like a red to more of a turquoisey green colour. Um, I know we, we spoke about this before, but the reason for the colour shift is because I felt that the red didn't work so well in light mode. Whereas I wanted a color that could work very well when the app is in a light or a dark mode. And I yep. thought that the shade of green I've gone for works really, really well. So I'm really happy with that. Cool. Um, and then finally, I need to think maybe about some kind of video to uh, take advantage of that on the App Store. Mm. So how I'm going to go about that yet it remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> lots lots of work to do, um, but, but yeah, hopefully not on. too long. No, exactly. Um, so basically just cracking the whip at the moment going at it um, i've kind of got work from other p- sort of parts of the business like making uh websites for people so that kind of has to take the priority really because that's kind of guaranteed but as close to guaranteed money as you can get in sort of our line of work yep whereas all of the app work we do is we kind of it's all very uh kind of do it with you, know, you just hope that it's going to make some money yes no real way to forecast whether it will or whether it won't. If you've got a quote that someone said yes, please to, then you should yeah. probably do that first. Uh, paying customers first, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, Dave, one thing, um, just I guess before we wrap up, um, are you looking for beta testers for Armchair? I am. Yeah. Yep. Um, not right at this instant, but very, very soon I will be. So, yeah, if anyone wants to uh, help out, by all means, um, send me a message on Twitter or something. That that'd be awesome. Yep, and I guess if people want to uh, to come to our Slack channel in the meantime, um, they'd be more than welcome to message you there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great stuff. Okay, that just about wraps up today's show. Uh, Dave, before we go, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DW Roboheads. That's Roboheads with a Z at the end. 
Um, and you can find out more about my apps at roboheads, again with a Z, dot com. How about you, Dave? Uh, yeah, you can find my remote control for Cody at armchair-remote.com. And then my latest app, Space Readers, which is uh, designed to help kids learn to read, is at spacereaders.com. And I am at underscore Dave Knott on Twitter. 